Coming up on Golf Today, I rarely get to say this sentence, so here we go. A big week for snakes in the world of pro golf. Snake talk, snakes on your swing plane, all sorts of slithery figures. We'll dig into name stretches in golf and give some that need a title. Plus, our own Damon Hack caught up with PJ Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan last week for the latest race in sports to discuss what the PGA Tour is doing to address diversity, inclusion, and equity. And you know what's tired? 59s. You know what's wired? 58s. The latest member of the 58 Club, Cooper Dossey, joins the program to talk his 13 under par round last week, his other round in the 50s at Q School, and what it's like having dad on the bag as a witness. Remember, a water for every Guinness. Pace yourselves today. Golf Today starts right now. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. We could go a lot of ways with this. Sure. And I wanted to go favorite 17th hole, oh, right? Yeah. The 17th of March, always St. Patrick's Day. The old course at St. Andrews is going to get that later in the year. Very, very exciting. I'd say yeah. one of the most famous holes in all of golf, of yeah. course. TPC Sawgrass, we just saw it last week, a great hole. TPC Scottsdale, 17th, a bit underrated. That short par four, always very integral in the way that tournament plays out. Baltus Raw lower, goes par five, par five finish, as you know. And Oakmont, yeah, you can make birdie and win a U.S. Open. You can make a bogey and lose a U.S. Open on that short par four. I've played four of those five. And I think the road hole at the old course is one of the hardest holes in creation. It's neat to cover an open there, but to actually stand on that tee and then try to hit an approach shot to that green where it looks like there's nowhere to land it. And you caddied there. I mean, what was it like caddying? for a 25 handicapper from Dubuque, you know, on a buddy strip. Well, the problem with caddying on the 17th hole at the old course is everybody that goes over there is reading about the hole, and they know the legends of the lettering, right? Do you hit it over the O, you know, or the T? Where do I hit it over? And you get certain players that can't carry it very far, and you're like, no, you're going to go left of the shed here. But it's one of those holes you can go a lot further right than you believe, yeah. no matter how far you hit the golf ball. You can hit it a, a little bit deeper right. And then when the open rolls around, they always grow the rough on that left side up. So you've really got to take it out of bounds if you want to pull off that tee shot. But nothing better than when your player would make a four or even a five at times on that hole. It was very special. That was about the time in the round where I would step back you let the player walk up 17, you let the player walk up yeah. 18, and let them soak in that experience because it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience for every golfer. Nothing better than soaking up the experience, well, nothing worse than hitting it off the roof yes. uh, on 17, which is something I've done here in the clean glass. plenty oh. of that. But on this St. Patrick's Day, I want to talk about the Irish, and I just love the people. I love the golf courses. Years ago, I took my boys and my wife. We went over there, Royal Port Rush, able to have a lot of fun. The boys were actually playing soccer. You know, this is Ulster University. You see the tents there. Family was glamping that week, and the boys were rolling around the grass. They were the, the American kids, as the locals called. And then, of course, took them to the golf course. That was Monday at Royal Port Rush. You know, obviously weather was a factor later in the week, but I, I put that on Instagram. Monday at the Open, Royal Port Rush. I got to play that golf course as well. Fantastic. But to take the family over there in the hospitality of the people, I love going to Ireland and Northern Ireland as well. I'm circling it, D, for my 40th birthday. I'm go. trying to kind of get my group together and go over there and been emailing back and forth with a couple of companies and just trying to get all that locked in. I've never played golf in Ireland, which oh, is man. such a bummer. I've heard so many tales. People like you, Tom Coyne, of course, talking about yeah. how great it is. If you haven't read Tom Coyne's book, for goodness sakes, read that already. We're doing it. Two years from now, over to Ireland. Going to do the whole experience. Can't wait. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Golf Central Update, brought to you by Callaway Golf. The name is Cooper Dossie. You're going to remember, want to remember that one. Playing on the All-Pro Tour. He shot 59 back in September. Okay, Ooh. dramatic fashion. He made an eagle on the 18th hole. His dad was on the bag. This is at Corn Ferry Tour Q School. First stage, second round. 59 with dad on the bag. What an incredible accomplishment. D can do better than that, can he? I mean, this is remarkable. You see, what a day with my dad on the back. Thank you, Jesus. One more round to go. Press on 59. So then last week, he did one better. He did do better. At the Coca-Cola Dr. Pepper Open in Louisiana. Yeah, he was carbonated. Yeah, he yes, was he bubbling was. up. <laughs> 13 under par, 58. 59 in September, 58 last week. Sounds like a guy we should talk to. Who is this man? Let's ask okay. him. Cooper joins us now. Cooper, uh, 58. 13 under par. I mean, that is going deeper than deep. What's happening inside the brain of Cooper Dossie when you start to go that low? Yeah, uh, there was a lot of adrenaline um, on the last few holes. I have I actually didn't walk a golf round since uh, second stage in October. Uh, so I was cramping pretty bad. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, di I didn't have many expectations. I got married a month ago. Um, really haven't been able to practice too much. And was just trying to hit the middle of the green and the putter got really hot. Uh, the putts were going in and I was just having a ton of fun. I had a good pairing and yeah, somehow shot 58. Well, Cooper, you had a par on a par five on your way to 58, which surprised me. You responded on social media and said you had to make a tricky putt for par there. Can you take us through that par five? And if you had any other quote unquote scary situations on the golf course that day? Sure. Uh, so I, I um, started on hole 10 that day um, and uh, hole 14. Uh, I hit my driver a little right. It's probably the widest fairway on the course and I missed it. Um, skied my three wood um, into the left side of the fairway and had about 90 yards to back pin uh, and kind of just juiced one over the green. Um, and I chipped that to about six feet uh, and made that putt. So that was a good par putt to get the round started. Um, kind of um, led me in. I birdied the next hole, eagled 16. Uh, and then I think I birdied the last five holes. So um, the front nine, uh, my back nine, everything was uh, inside of 10 feet. But the 
I don't know. The it was a it was a crazy day. Everything was going my way. I think I birdied the last five holes. <laughs> just, I, just, I love that. That is so good. So you shoot 59. In what ways does shooting a 59 make shooting a 58 easier? Yeah, I think it just um, it gave me confidence uh, that I can go low uh, because there's a lot of times in golf where, you know, at, at this level you get to five or six under and um, – it's 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 hard to keep going low. You 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 start to play defensive. Uh, but the during the fifty nine, it, it helped a lot. Have my dad on on the bag. He he definitely helped keep me calm. Uh, and so during the fifty eight, I I had already done it once, and um, I, I I knew I was capable of doing it, and somehow was able to. Yeah, that's good putt. <laughs> but yeah, it was a good day. Cooper obviously loving reliving these moments. So you mentioned your dad on the back for 59. What's the dynamic light? Are you guys talking about chores or you're talking college sports? Like, you know, how are you keeping it loose uh, when your old man is carrying the bag? Yeah, um, I'm very thankful uh, that I have the opportunity to have my dad on on, on the bag. Uh, he's been my biggest fan, my best friend uh, my whole life. Uh, he's and He means the world to me. And that, that day was... Um, anything but golf in, in between shots. Uh, I think we did a good job of talking through the shot very uh, uh, methodically. Uh, but then af after I, I hit the shot, you know, we were talking about my brothers, my mom, uh, my now wife, uh, so many different things other than golf, just to keep my mind off of it. And he did a good job for the first 14 holes, and then it started to creep into my mind. So he did an even better job af after that. Cooper, we were chuckling a little bit before the show. The event you won was the Coca-Cola Dr. Pepper <laughs> Open. Now, I'm under the impression that's like a cat and dogs open, if you will. How are the coolers <laughs> laid out? Was it like half Coca-Cola, half Dr. Pepper? What was that situation like? Yeah, I didn't, I'm pretty sure it was like a Coca-Cola cooler with like Pepsi in it or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Bring in another no. participant. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a. It was a good. It was. I, I don't remember what was in it actually, but I. I just think it is. Could it's. It's a cool name. Pretty funny. <laughs> All right, Cooper. So you're from Austin, where things. You know, they keep things weird. Is the slogan? How'd you end up not having a tattoo on your face or purple hair? Did I miss something here? Yeah, uh, I thought if I had a tattoo, I don't think I'd be married. <laughs> <laughs> or purple hair, even better. Cooper, what does it do for your confidence to be able to go out there and shoot these types of numbers? Because you're, everybody's trying to make it to the Corn Ferry Tour and the PGA Tour, and to be able to go this low, I mean, that is a skill, and that is a skill that not every professional golfer possesses. What does this do for your confidence? I know it's just one round, but it's got to mean the world to somebody like you. Yeah, it's been huge. You know, I've always struggled with confidence. Um, God, I've been very, yeah, very fortunate to have good good buddies and and the golf world and it's been really cool to see my friends you know austin ecro quade cummins uh john pack all those guys succeed on the next level um and right now i'm just kind of waiting to get the opportunity to, to succeed on that level um i know i'm capable of doing it um i've shot some good scores um but as much as it's really you know cool to see my own success it's not my own um credit to my lord and savior jesus christ uh but it is really you know cool to see my buddies do well as well. Uh, and I think it would, it, it'd be awesome, you know, to compete with them on Corn Ferry on the PGA, but I'm trying to, you know,
go with the opportunities I have right now, and that's on the All Pro Tour. That's Monday qualifiers, and eventually, I I know I'll get there. Uh, I'm not going to stop until I do. And uh, but my confidence is getting a lot better, and I'm really excited with how my game is right now. Yeah, Cooper Dossie, good at golf. I think very, we can, uh, very good at golf. Very good at <laughs> golf, and ahead on the, some strong shoulders as well. Cooper, thanks for the time. Congrats on all you've done, and best of luck going forward. Thank you, guys. I really uh, appreciate this. Absolutely. Cooper Dossie, Mr. 58, Mr. 59, Mr. Sub 60. So more highlights from Valspar coming up. John Wood, friend of the join. program. How about a caddy conversation? Like if you're Cooper, by the way, 58 or 59 on a Monday qualifier, that'll get you through. Yeah, 57 next 57 as well. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Caddy conversation with John Wood. He's going to be on the broadcast today at 2. NBC and Golf Channel's own Woody. It is Great to see you, pal, as always. You bring so much to our shows. And we're coming off of a week that was challenging and memorable and in some ways unforgettable at the players. What would you take away most, first of all, from, from last week? I thought the PGA Tour did an amazing job of getting that tournament in, even though we went to Monday. It was one of the worst weather weeks in my entire career out here. And uh, for them to get get things wrapped up for the course to stay in really good shape. The green staff was amazing. Um, for them to get it done on time, 72 holes was a, quite an accomplishment. All right, if you'd had Cooch, you know, or Kevin Sutherland back in the day and you had just gone through a week like that at the players and you were going to the Valspar, what advice would you give your player about rest versus practice versus trying to kind of hold things together after being whipped after last week? That's a great question. The first thing I would have done was say, hey, boss, I'm just driving down there. Let me take your clubs down. And then if he called me on Tuesday to go practice or play, I would have told him I had a flat tire and I'm not quite there yet. Make him take Tuesday off and get a little bit of rest. Uh, but, yeah, you gotta get, you got to make sure you rest. Unless, unless there's a huge deficiency in your game that you need to go work on, take Tuesday completely off, come out Wednesday, work a little bit, play the Pro-Am, and get ready to go. Because um, last week, physically, it takes some, something out of you. Mentally, it takes a lot out of you. And you've got to have at least one day to recharge the batteries. John, when a week is as long as last week's was and your player decides to WD the next week, are you bummed to miss out on the financial opportunity? Are you kind of happy to give the dogs a rest? 
It depends on how he's playing. <laughs> if he's playing great, I'm like, let's keep going, boss. But if he's not playing great and he's tired and he needs to look for something, then I have no problem with him taking some time off. But, uh, you know, it, it, they got to do what they feel is right for them. John, you've seen so much in this game. and I'm not sure that I've seen as bad a break as Paul Casey's last week on the 16th with that ball going in the pitch mark. What's the worst break you've seen over your years out on the golf course? Amazingly enough, it was on the exact same hole. I was with Kevin Sutherland. We were in the last round. We were probably in about fifth place playing really good golf. Um, and he, he laid it up into just kind of into a sand divot, but was okay. But the problem was when they filled the sand divot, it was about an inch higher right behind the ball. So he called in a rules official and asked what we could do here. Could we move it? Could we ground our, cl our club as usual? And couldn't do any of that. So he had to hit about an 85-yard shot, hovering his sand wedge over the ball. Um, and that, in that position, uh, was one of the worst breaks I've seen. How did Kevin handle it kind of going forward? A lot of us think that the, the bad break that Casey had kind of followed him home. Uh, how did Kevin handle that situation? He handled it really well. It was just, it is what it is. He didn't argue. Um, he just said, well, let, let's just deal with it. I think he made par anyways. And, I mean, could have made birdie, but made par anyways and just moved on. He had really calm, really good attitude. All right, let's move on from TPC Sawgrass to the Copperhead course. We hear a lot of players talking about this golf course and saying it's their favorite track on the Florida swing. They kind of whisper it. Why, why is this maybe a favorite amongst players in your mind? You know, I think this course has a feature that not many Florida courses have. It's got a lot of elevation change, um, and it asks for every shot, high, low, draw, fade. Uh, but I can't think of another course in Florida where every hole kind of goes up and down in some way. So it's very dissimilar from most Florida courses. It, uh, it's also very demanding off the tee. Um, you're not going to be able to blow it into these trees and, and have a lot of good shots. It's got pine needles. It's got a lot of trees. Um, so I think it's just it's a good challenge. It's very fair, though. It just asks for all the shots. That is John Wood, one of the best in the world on course reporter, caddy, knowledgeable about everything, yeah. golf courses and beyond. We always appreciate the time, John. Thanks, guys. Well, we're transitioning to the three-hole stretch around the Valspar. Yeah, what's that? The, 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 16, <laughs> 17, and 18. Look at the scoring average the last year. The snake pit, yes, indeed. I tell you what, I mean, a lot of these courses in Florida and even beyond, they have kind of names and nicknames. This the snake pit, 16, 17, 18. Tough, tough stretch. You really have to bring it home to win the Valspar. So I've got some highlights from earlier today. It's from the, today. The snake pit. Today. Topical. Snake pit, is it, is it biting? Well, let's just, well here's Johnny Vegas, okay. 17th hole, the par three. It's for birdie. Okay, so Hamey. You know, don't get close to a snake, right? I mean, they, they, they do their thing, you do your thing. Don't get too close, that's when you get bit. This is the time of day to take on the snake pit. Correct. You know, you can, you can see there's not a lot of elements right now. Have you seen a snake in person ever? Ever oh, in person? For sure I have. Okay. Well, I used to own a snake. I had a garter snake when I was a kid. And that was fine. Non-poison, speedy, speedy, very fast. But then I also have seen water moccasins. No, don't mess with in those. Florida, no, no. you do not want to mess with those. Martin no, Trainer. Okay. At the 17th. I saw, I saw a couple rattlesnakes in my day in Arizona. Yeah. Oh, I'm from California. I've seen rattlesnakes as well. I do not like. Just keep your distance. Yep. Keep your they don't want to mess with you. Yeah. So don't mess with them. It is time for the stretch. So. We were thinking before the show about some of the great names around these golf stretches. I mean, of course, Amen Corner comes to mind. But there are some uh, stretches in golf that could use a name, I yeah. think. 
And yeah. I was kind of I was kind of diving into these. I got a couple. You, you got a couple. Here. Okay, what you got? So TPC Scottsdale, I call it the most fun back nine in golf. I mean, when you really get on the tenth tee all the way through eighteen, there's chances for eagles. There's chances for double bogeys. There's a lot happening. But really, when you focus on fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen, that's the part of the golf course that's memorable, right? Well, we have Hogan's Alley. Yeah. Considering it's the WM Phoenix Opens, the biggest party in all the golf, I was thinking Hangover Alley. What do you think about Hangover, hangover Alley? Like 15, 16, drinking, 17. Just waiting for the mountains to turn blue. Yeah. I mean, right? Hangover alley. I mean, what do you, what do you, I mean okay. I, I mean, it's really a, a party. And That's there's, what I'm saying. There's a golf there's tournament going on. golf happening. It's like third or fourth on the list. People looking to get married. You know, people are going out there trying to have a good time. Hangover I mean, alley. Okay. I'm going to give it like a B. Okay. A I, solid B. I got one more. <laughs> I, got, I got one more for okay. you. I was thinking about this. You know, Pebble Beach, six, seven, and eight is arguably the best three-hole stretch in all of golf. It I'd say a lot of people could argue that. It doesn't have a name. And surprisingly, it doesn't have a name, considering okay. it's Pebble Beach and it's in the rotation every year. U.S. Opens go there. I was thinking about calling that three-hole stretch Monterey's Monet. Monterey's oh, Monet. Wow. Artistic. I, I actually like that. I Better like than it, a B. I do. That's, that's, that's going to say A-. minus. Okay. California so those are kid. kind of the two I, I throw them together. I'm a Renaissance so, so, so Monterey's Monet, Monet and Hangover's Alley. What do you I got? got one for you. Let's hear it. And I, I've played Beth Page Black, host yeah. of the U.S. Opens and PGAs. Great Difficult. Great hard. You know, there's a warning sign they have before you even hit that tee shot at one. I want to focus your attention on 10, 11, and 12. Oh, yes. Par four, par four, par four. Where some guys in 02, Corey Pavin, for example, my, my UCLA Bruin brother, he couldn't reach that. You That's know, right. reach the fairway. I mean, just, you know, tough, tough stretch. How about blackout? Just 10, 11, and 12. Just blackout. It, it works two ways. You know what I'm it saying? It works three ways. Because you can just, you know, you, sometimes a blackout's a good thing. That's what I'm saying. JT said, you know, he kind of blacked out and shot 60. You also black out and make 8, 8, 7. Right. Which I've done on 10, 11, and 12. You Wake me up at 13, the par 5. Because 10, 11, and 12, you just black out. It's just like, it's like a punch to the Beth jaw. Beth Page, black, blackout. Black I love it. If you're, if you're Cooper Dossie, you probably go 3, 3, 3. Yeah, he probably would. Stretch. I, I love yeah. it. I mean, these are... These are just names for some holes that need a little help. I love the best yeah, yeah. black one. And, and Monterey uh, Monet. Okay. Very, very good. We're in good. on that. All right. Damn well, man. coming up next, Damon Hack right here sits down with PJ Tour Commissioner Jay Monet. And not right now. They did the interview last week, and it is an awesome, awesome interview. You're going to want to stick around to hear that. That's all next on Golf Today. And we're back on golf today as we continue our discussions on racing sports in America, moving golf forward. And last week was a busy one for PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan as TPC Sawgrass played host to the tour's premier event. Damon Hack sat down with the commissioner. Jay, over the last couple of years, um, the country and parts of the world have been discussing matters of race, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Where does the PGA Tour fit in those discussions in your mind? You know, Damon, I, I would say, you know, there's that quote about one of the great barriers to communication is that people listen to respond versus listening to understand. And really since the fall of 2019, you know, we have been, we've spent a lot of time listening to understand. And my instinct as a leader of this organization is to try and immediately solve immediately heal, immediately make a difference. Um, but this issue is much bigger than that. And so for us, when you go back to the fall of 2019, what we've tried to do is really plug into the strength of our business model, and that is 
you know, we play in so many country, in so many communities throughout the country, and we have existing teams in place that know their communities very, very well. And through the years, we've raised $3.3 billion for charity. Well, charity, a lot of those charities are at the heart of diversity, equity, and inclusion. A lot of those tournaments understand the organizations that have made a big difference in their communities on that front. So as, as we've listened to understand, we've listened to the communities, we've listened to our tournaments, we've listened to our players, we've listened to our partners, and I feel like when we've also looked internally and created some discipline and structure uh, around our efforts, you know, forming an inclusion leadership council at that time led by Neera Mahajan Shetty, um, and then putting structure and accountability in place. Uh, and there are a number of programs that we've gotten behind that we feel have made a difference uh, and our contributions and, and, our, and our focus are making an even bigger difference. Was there a turning point for, for a lot of people in the country? It was the spring of 2020 and the killing of George Floyd. You mentioned the fall of 2019. Was there a turning point, a flashpoint, or was it just kind of an evolving conversation or philosophy? I think it was, listen, I think the tragic killing of George Floyd was, was the moment, but um, I think there was, there was a period there of six to nine months of a racial reckoning in our country. And so it wasn't one moment, it was a period in time. And again, going back to what we just talked about, I think there was, everyone wanted to do something to make a difference. And we had to recognize that we have been making a difference. Uh, we've been making a difference, again, through our tournaments and programs like the First Tee. But it, it really was a chance for us to say, okay, let's step back and let's think about this five, 10, 20 years down the road and really think about the way the business has worked to the benefit of so many people. And then let's put, uh, let's put more effort into this, uh, into this area of priority for the PGA Tour as an organization. And I think you know, a lot has been said about uh, the $100 million pledge that we've made over 10 years uh, through our tournaments. The first tee, we've supported the first tee for now 26 years. We've impacted millions of young people. Uh, we've focused on changing the course, addressing issues of accessibility and cost with our game, uh, getting into Title I areas uh, across the country, investing in those, investing in programs that do that. Um, we've quietly, through the pandemic, been on a capital campaign uh, to raise over $200 million. We're 70% of the way there. And all that money is gonna be poured back into areas like addressing the digital divide and making certain that we're doing everything we can in this next phase of First Tee, and again, to continue to make a massive difference. Uh, we went, as we, as we listened to uh, our constituents, a lot of our sponsors said, help us understand what we can do through the game of golf. As we were asking them, help us understand what you're doing as an organization to address diversity, equity, and inclusion. We created an HBCU task force. We wanted to find out how, it, how we could make a difference there. And we identified in our conversations with HBCU golf programs that one of the issues that they have was they couldn't afford to travel to tournaments. So to be able to go to United Airlines and announce that 51 men's and women's golf programs in the HBCUs would be supported with $10,000 grants, not only provided access to more tournaments, but also additional funding to support their programs. And so these are things that, that are happening now, and they're happening every single day. We're gonna keep 
adding to it, and they're more national or macro, but here we are at the Players' Championship, and you know, when all is said and done, likely on Monday, uh, we'll be generating somewhere between eight and nine million dollars for this community. Yeah, that's, that's an awful lot of money. And when you look at the organizations we support, we're making a massive difference in this area. And we'll move on next week to Valspar, and that's what we'll do again. So to have the support of our tournaments, to have the support of our partners, to see what our players are doing, not just here and at our tournaments, but also through their own efforts, uh, I feel like we, have, we still have a long way to go. We still have more to do. Uh, but listening to understand is starting to create some real meaningful results. On that note, Jay, golf historically has lagged behind other sports in this area in terms of diversity, in terms of integration. How important is it then in this moment that the measures are aggressive with the PGA Tour, with your partners, that, that you know, the gap or, or loss of time say in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, behind Major League Baseball, for example, yeah. Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier in 1947. How important is aggressive action now? It's, uh, it's, it's critical and it's happening. You know, I think, um, you know, you have to, to, to make an impact in the future, you gotta really understand the past. And again, when you listen to understand, we were all together the other night at the World Golf Hall of Fame induction ceremony and to listen to Charlie Sifford's induction speech and to see Renee Powell get the Charlie Sifford Award and to understand um, what Charlie had to endure and overcome in order to play on the PGA Tour and get to the Hall of Fame uh, is extraordinary. He should have never had to endure that. That's part of our past, but that's also part of our inspiration. Uh, hence the award and then for Renee and for her father to build his own golf course uh, and for that to be on the National Register and for Renee to go on to the LPGA and now to be making a massive difference in the name and honor of her dad is incredible. Um, Tiger talking about the fact that he, there were certain clubhouses he couldn't get into. Um, the greatest player of all time. And, and for 26 years to see what he's done through the TGR Foundation. You know, there's so much, I said it the other night, there's so much focus on what he's done on inside the ropes and it's, it's hard to articulate properly uh, the impact of that. Um, but what he's done outside the ropes, you know, I sincerely believe when you look at Tiger relative to any other athlete that's ever had an opportunity or platform like he's had, no one has contributed more from a philanthropic standpoint to young people and to issues around diversity, equity, and inclusion as, as Tiger has. So. You know, I think, I think you, but it's not a PGA Tour. We are, we, are, we are one part of the solution and we're a committed part of the solution. Uh, but I'm also really proud of everybody in the industry coming together, trying to make, let people make golf their thing, trying to perpetuate a welcoming and inclusive environment. When you looked at that, that advertisement the other night during the World Golf Hall of Fame ceremony on Make Golf Your Thing, I think you saw 48 logos all behind that effort. And just like I was talking about with the PGA Tour, there's discipline and structure around six initiatives specific to address diversity, equity, and inclusion as we go forward. And, um, you know, but, to, you know, to getting back to your question, uh, we need to keep going faster, faster, and faster, and plugging into 
the organizations and the causes that have made a difference in the past, provide the resources to support them, and, and continue to be very intentional uh, to everybody about what we're doing. You mentioned players using their platform, Tiger. Cameron Champ, in the wake of George Floyd's killing, wrote Breonna Taylor on his shoes. Yes, We've seen did. Kirk Triplett with Black Lives Matter on his golf bag. Important to let the players express themselves in that way beyond having corporate sponsors and club manufacturers on their hats. It's uh, absolutely important. And it's, um, you know, experiences differ. Uh, issues are complex. Everybody brings, you know, a different perspective. Uh, but someone like Cameron Champ in that moment, that was one of the mo more, most powerful moments um, of that year. And I was extremely proud of Cameron. And I think everybody should see the work he's doing through his foundation, he and his father, and then, you know, in the honor of his, of his grandfather. Um, you know, he's not doing it for uh, publicity. He's doing it because it's straight from the heart. And Harold Varner III, we're here at the Players' Championship. He had HV3 Foundation board meeting on Wednesday night, talking about how he, through his foundation, can address issues of access and affordability. And you watch, the, you watch what he continues to do. But listen, the beauty of this platform is its, is its scale. And when players are impacted by events in the world, uh, we encourage them to, you know, to, to to express their thoughts and to express their convictions and um, we want to always support our players in that regard and I think that's one of the beauties of the system we have is that people look to our athletes because they know the, pur the purpose and the intention of this organization and the vessel for good that we are and ultimately that comes back to our players. Two years ago I was struck by something you said and I want to bring it up today that when George Floyd was killed it wasn't a time for you to talk so much as it was a time for you to listen. Your husband your father, you're an American, you're a leader of this organization. What have you learned over the last couple of years? I've, I've, it's not necessarily that what I've learned, it's what I continue to be reminded of. And I say that because, again, coming back to the organization that I work for and the organization that I lead, to know that the history that precedes us is, has been all, the model itself is all about giving back and values. You know, $3.3 billion raised for charity. Every day we're making a difference. Uh, when, there, when there's a societal problem, we're structured to be able to uh, mobilize, to raise money, to make a difference. And it's not just the PGA Tour, this game Everybody that's involved in this game, um, you know, there are more charitable golf tournaments, 5,000 charitable golf events uh, every single year. Actually, way more than that. Um, the number of charitable golf events every single year, the amount of money raised, um, and, 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 and the values of the sport, it's just amazing to see the difference in the momentum that the sport can create around um, uh, an issue and when you look back at uh, racial equity and inclusion efforts I'm, I'm, I've been really proud of uh, the progress that's been made in a relatively short period of time but what I've learned is you can never be complacent you're never doing enough but you've got to if you create the 
the structure and the discipline around it and you're, you're always aware and you're always trying to learn, um, you can make a real impact and that's not me, that's everybody that's you know, in our sport working together to celebrate our sport and make that difference. Jay, I'm glad we could have this conversation today. Thank you so much for your time. Damon, I'm, I'm glad we had the conversation too. I always appreciate my time with you.